This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Hello and welcome to the wrap up, the Raptors Republic live post game show here on YouTube and on the post podcast feed after every Toronto Raptors game. Today I'm joined by Keon Haddad and Aiden Moss. Keon is producing the episode, and yeah, thanks for tuning in this late night after the Toronto Raptors just beat the Portland Trailblazers one twenty three to one oh five to snap uh, to win one of the back to backs after losing a really disappointing one in San Francisco against the Warriors last night. Um, Really impressive effort from the Raptors all around. I think we can agree on both sides of the ball. But Aiden, I'll start with you. Just like compared to the Warriors game, what was the biggest difference for you? Like what was the thing that the Raptors changed the most compared to the Warriors game tonight? Well, unfortunately, I didn't watch the Warriors game, so I can't really answer that. I saw the first quarter, but... Uh, based on the first quarter, I'll tell you. Well, one one is we were playing a much lesser skilled team, yeah. so that that's a big deal, right? No Nurkic, no Josh Hart. Uh, yeah. This team is already shallow as it is, which I, and I thought they were going to be deeper than they are, but they're shallow. So I think that could be one big difference. The other one is their defense really tightened up. Um, yeah. We just that I watched the first quarter today of the Golden State game, and I think Golden State had four or five back doors in the first. 12 minutes of the, uh, yeah. of the game that didn't happen as much today. And the all in all, this game was like hearkening back to a, a Raptors team that I think we thought we were going to see more of this year. They dominated um, the offensive boards. They limited their own turnovers. They forced Portland into more turnovers and they didn't shoot all that well, but it didn't matter just because they controlled the physical game and again this is Portland and and this, this part of it is that they have a they're a small team and we can where they're one of the teams where we can really uh force our will upon them but anyway all that to say is this is an old school Raptors win yeah um yeah defense definitely the biggest difference for me and like just looking at it they took 16 more shots than the Blazers if my math is right and like you just mentioned, the offensive rebounds and the turnovers, they out, yeah, they out efforted them, they out physicality them. Um, and I'm kind of having a hard time with this right now, which is like, yes, the Warriors are good. And obviously, offensively, they're really hard to stop. But like Sacramento and Portland also have pretty good offenses. So I'm trying to figure out like, are the Raptors just playing some nights and not playing some nights in terms of like the attention to detail on defense and, and doing the little things, or is it really this much of a matchup based thing where like a team like the Warriors, they can't stop at all. And a team like the Blazers and the Kings, they are just match up well against. So Keon, I guess I'll turn it to you. Like, do you think that again, do you think that this is a issue where 
against the Warriors, the Raptors just didn't play with enough effort and focus? Or do you think that like it was just such a bad matchup for them and that's why they look so bad? Um, I'd have to turn it to more effort and focus because if you look at the start of the road trip, they probably had their best defensive game all season against Sacramento. And then today or tonight, they had another dominant defensive performance, I would say, against Portland. Yeah, missing two of their uh, starters. Um, it, it's tough to really look at it because I feel like we've been saying and, and harping on the effort all year. and But that's really the only thing you can look to when there's such a big drastic difference between two um, performances on the defensive end, three, if you want to count uh, against Sacramento. But I, I don't think the Warriors did anything that really – blew my mind offensively to score that many points and get that many easy buckets. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, let's, let's talk a little bit more about this game. Um, Defense again, that's something that I'm struggling a bit with, but the Raptors offense has been really humming over the past month or so. I'll play some clips here, Aiden though. What have you seen out of the Raptors offense recently that has been, it's not like they're shooting the ball like great. It's not like the three point. That's that's what's crazy about this. I'm going over yeah. their three-point shooting, 30% against Sacramento, 36 Warriors, and then tonight I don't have the box score up, but like, but it's it's not good. Um, and you know, like, Freddie has one of his best games that I've seen um, in a while, and yet shot horribly. Um, and Gary also didn't shoot all that well either. So um, I think like that's something we can lean heavily upon and uh, feel good about moving forward. I'm just trying to pull the box score here. But what I will say, and again, getting back to the physicality is in this particular matchup, you see, I think I've been pushing for precious to be in the starting lineup for a while. You can just, he changes the dynamic of this team so much. Um, Did he start against Sacramento? No, he didn't. But um, just the, where he positions himself on the floor. I mean, obviously the fact that he can basically take any big man off the dribble from the three-point line, but he's always finding himself in that short corner in the dunker spot. And um, it's given the Raptors just another, like, presence down low that can um, – that creates kind of holes in the offense of the other team. And, and we've just been – and when we are passing the ball and when we're sharing it, um, we're finding those guys in the right spot. Same with Scotty. The, between the two of them, once Freddie and, and Pascal get through that first line of defense, they're instead of forcing it up, although they did a little bit tonight, they're finding Precious in those spots and they're finding Scotty in those spots. And, and those guys are skilled enough to attack them. Conversely, OG and Boucher are more of the spot up shooters in the corner. And when they're not hitting those, like it really just hurts um, our offensive attack. Yeah, um, I think you hit on the same point that I want. I'll save that Fred one for later. I think you hit on the same point that I wanted to hit on, which is like at the end of the third quarter, the Raptors went through their one offensive drought of the night and it turned to a lot of ISO ball. And it wasn't only that Scotty was off the floor, it was that Precious is off the floor too. And like, of course, OG is a better offensive player than yeah. Precious. But like you just said, both Precious and Scotty are guys that move the ball quickly. Like 
Precious didn't do that last year, but this year, since he came back from the injury, he just gets off the ball. Like he doesn't do the ISO thing. Or he anymore. rips and goes. Yeah, or he it's yeah. true. He just makes quick decisions within. And Scotty's obviously the same way. Scotty's a great playmaker, a connector. That's just who he is as a player. So the fact that both of them are playing a lot now, even if Precious isn't starting, the ball is just moving side to side so much better. And we don't see, and yeah, again, when they did go through that drought, both Precious and Scotty were off the floor. And I noticed like, okay, you 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 assume Scotty's off the floor or the ball's not going to move well, but maybe at least Precious should be out there when he's sitting because that way they have a guy who, who basically a big to run stuff through in terms of moving the ball side to side. So I think that's definitely a big part of it is those guys kind of acting like connectors. Yeah. Um, Keon, and, do you? Yeah, go. Sorry, but, but I, just to add to that point, and G brings it up here, which I think is like really key. Um, sorry, wrong quote. It's so not G. G. Shout out G. Soldier oh, T1. Soldier he G. says like Fred actually playing the, the PG position makes his team look great. And that's part of what we saw tonight too. Like Freddie's, Freddie's penetrating, which he's been so much better at this year. And he's making more controlled decisions. Like he's finishing at the rim when, when it's given to him, but then he's, you know, finding the kickout pass, lobbing it to precious. And like, that's, <clears throat> I, I have to pull back a little bit of my criticism on Freddie in the last couple of weeks. But one of the biggest critiques I had was, and that we've talked about is that his ball dominance and, and ball stoppage. And when he's more of a point guard, uh, we see how like how much better this team can be. Sorry, head up. Yeah, Keon, I was just going to toss it to you and, and ask about the offense and what you've seen from it, why, why you think uh, it's improved so much recently. I think the offense, when it took that jump, because at the start of the year, the Raptors weren't shooting well and they weren't scoring points. And now the Raptors still don't shoot great and they're still putting up points. And I think that all started when they really started to accept Scotty Barnes as the hub of the offense. They get, He's has the ball in his hands a lot more. They're moving everyone around him and he's making absolutely just great reads all over the court. And I, I feel like that's just super important for his development and for the team as a whole. Cause I feel like that's when they're at their highest potential on offense is when Scotty has the ball in his hands and he like today, again, he was amazing. He had seven assists with 18 points. It feels like he's just clicking on all cylinders right now. And that's really what's helped this offense jump. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think Scotty's just been amazing over the past month. Fred obviously has also shot the ball a lot better than than he was. I'm shocked. Uh, Fred shot four of thirteen tonight. It just didn't feel like that. I know, it's wild, hey. He had such a but good that, game. But, but that's kind of the point too. Is that like he scored forty, and I've not been stoked about it. Right? Yeah, it's just like it's the sure. way in which the the buckets are are scored. Yeah, and I think to that. It yeah, felt like great. he took over today when it was all looking like I was going to go down. It felt like he took over and took the reins yeah. on both yeah. ends. Totally. It, it, yeah, in all the small ways, like he, he took over mm-hmm. doing small things. And yeah, like to that point, I think the offensive hierarchy has made a lot more sense recently with, like you guys said, Fred taking more of a PG role, Gary just taking more of a spot up threes, but we're not running whole games through Gary anymore. And really Barnes and Siakam are the guys who are making the majority of this, the decisions and the hierarchy just seems like a little bit more fed out. I, I guess I would say 
Yo, and um, yeah. shout out to Alvin Williams. This was by far his best game. His too. best he, game. Oh, he was he killed really, it. really tight tonight. Even called out as soon as Devlin gave Flynn shit for shooting that three. I was like, no, that's not right. And Alvin immediately called him out on, for it, which I loved. But I, I wanted to bring up Alvin is because he made that point too, which was that Freddie was running more of a sec was be was filling in as a secondary uh, offensive like creator. Like once Pascal was kind of doing his thing, then it was it was um, moving over to Freddie, and like that's what we've been advocating for a while now, which is that like it's not it's not that we're against Freddie do, doing his thing. It's just like within like you're saying the levels of hierarchy within the rhythm of the offense blah 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 and and the last little while it helps that he's hot and his confidence is cooking but in the last little while he's kind of fallen uh into a more natural position for himself yeah i also think it helps that he's scoring the ball a lot better than he did for most of the season so now that unlocks some of his playmaking like this is definitely an ideal role for him but yeah like i feel like the games where he just dominates the ball and and is trying to score is because defenses are sticking to their man and just being like all right fred beat us and now fred hits a couple shots early he gets it going at the rim defenses are are second guessing and fred is is a willing passer when that starts to happen so it all kind of is yeah it's he did like he a, does a he looks fresher too like his defense yeah i mean i've been so much better recent yeah i thought the press conference last night was pretty interesting because i mean nurse said that yeah fred definitely looks like whenever he's getting to the rim basically he said that's when fred is in peak physical form and then the, fred was asked about it and he basically i mean he said this before but he said like pretty clearly like I took a different approach this offseason and basically I wasn't ready at the start of the season. And really? now I've played myself into a position where I feel really good. So I think what is that? Yeah. Mean? I think it means he burned out at the end of Beers last season. Burgers? No, I think like he burned out a lot end of last season. So he wanted to take a different approach in terms of playing the long game. So he wasn't as didn't overtrain in summer. So that's that's what I'm taking from it, but who really knows? I don't know. That sounds like beers and burgers till August. <laughs> no, I don't blame. I him. I think Fred is the last guy who I worry about beers okay. and burgers. Man, he like t- to be like five ten in the NBA. You gotta be a pretty good. Uh, no, I know. Pro, I would say. Speaking that of pro, crazy. Fred took <laughs> it to the third row, and then Dude. and then what did he say after? This is what I do. Oh no, that was after the offensive uh, rebound. That was off, yeah. Man, some of Fred's rebounds down the stretch were insane. He had that offensive one in the putback, but some of his defensive rebounds too. Um, he just took over. There were some funny moments in this game. So there was the whole like Nasir Little altercation, which like you know you really missed OG in that moment because Pascal. (laughs) We can't have Pascal doing that stuff and precious is just so cute and quiet like we needed og to go there and be meddlesome like he always is and then there was a funny one where i think eubanks took like a 10 footer and gary was right behind him and yelled as loud as he could from behind i don't know if you saw that but 
And then, and then just generally the Raptors were very animated tonight. Scotty and Gary were yelling and there was a lot of theater tonight, which was, which I always love to see as well. Yeah. No, they, they really like from opening tip off, they just came with the energy tonight and it was impressive on the second night of a back to back. Like I give the team credit because they haven't quit this season, no matter how bad it gets. And the Warriors game was really bad. Like it was a disappointing all around effort. Um, they come the next night and yeah, it's a worse team, but like from the tip off, they were just like super dialed in. So give them credit. Uh, who else do you guys want to talk about on the rep? Yeah, Keon, you have any thoughts on the bench? Like we, we saw Boucher for 17 minutes. Thad had some good first half minutes. Malachi had 10 minutes and Wancho had 11 Malachi um, is rough. Right <laughs> I mean, no, sorry. It's... I just want to say this real quick. Like, oh, so sad with Malachi <laughs> because, like, you just said he had a good defensive play on the broadcast. Matt Devlin literally said, "Good job getting it up, not getting an eight-second violation, basically, because he was pressured <laughs> on the ball." He was like, "Good job for Malachi getting it." Dude, Devlin, like, come on, negative bro. that's what you're. Somebody... I'm like, that's, that's what you're crazy. complimenting Malachi on. Like, that's where we are with him. He's... Anyways, go for it. Yeah. Uh, if we're going to stay on the broadcast, I was watching the Portland broadcast, and around the third quarter, they were talking about Kawhi and how we rode his coattail in 2019. I don't know how that came up. <laughs> I thought I would bring that up. But to the bench. I mean, Thad looked good early, but, I mean, this is the bench you're going to get. We haven't had a backup point guard. We, we're trying to find one from the G League, from the draft. It hasn't happened. I, I've wanted to sign one forever, but uh, I don't think Malachi is it. I, I've held out for a while that he would be it. I don't think he's been it, but I don't think we're in necessarily a rush to get a backup point guard the way the season's going. I think yeah. this. I, I, I'm fine with letting Malachi Flynn go through his aches and pains if it ends up him being serviceable at any point in his career for the Raptors. Um, Boucher, um, he's hit or miss. Like you want to look at the game he ha- he's been having the last few uh, the days he's been having the last few games and be like, oh, he can be consistent like this. But with Boucher, it's always going to be hit or miss. He's always going to either have ten points and make a couple three pointers, or he's going to take bad shots over two people uh, to for no, absolutely no reason and just stop the ball when he gets it. Um, obviously, changes need to be made there for the future. Um, and it's only going to get more dim if uh, there's any trades made this deadline. Yeah, and he, he he didn't look very good defensively either tonight. It's kind of funny. Like, that that one weak side where Grant just, like, t- took one step around and was pretty bad. Um, and another thing – is Boucher in this corner three situation and and in OB2? It's like we saw how actually Boucher did cut baseline and he immediately got a dunk out of it. It's like maybe you should stop hovering around the three so much, dude. Like I don't I think he's gotta he's gotta start. I don't know. I don't know what he has to do to be honest. But uh yeah, he he fades in and out. There's just not a lot of consistency for him. Yeah, I was uh I was watching the Boston game and every time I watch Boston now, Brogdon's also become one of those guys who's like a 
almost raptor who i, I yeah. just it pains me to watch him he's so good and he, he come, it was cheap to get him too like he would have come here and been injured for like two-thirds of the season i know too. i know but i was just thinking about that when you guys were talking about uh the bench like Otto porter would have really helped this bench yeah um it's tough yeah i've been thinking about the trade deadline a lot, obviously, and Precious Achua. I feel like we should talk about him. Maybe his best game as a pro. I don't know. I say that a lot, but it was Definitely. it was a it was a career high. It was his best game points. for sure. Yeah, and I'm at the point where I want Precious to start the rest of the season. Like I just feel like for his development, yes. that's the best thing for the team. They look best when he's at center, and so I'm kind of. I've said this before. I'm kind of like trade one of the starters i'm I'm on that page and almost 50 percent of my reason is because i want precious to be a starter and um and that's the easiest way to do it but also i've been thinking like isn't the ideal version of this team have like a gary trent jr type of player coming off the bench like can't they just tell gary to go to the bench why why do they why does everybody have to be a starter doesn't make any sense so what are you suggesting precious just continues coming up i wrote in the preseason gary trent jr should be coming off the bench like it just i i actually wanted to center yourself like a little bit (laughs) you're off the screen for no reason okay um preseason article i said and i was wrong about this i think well maybe not initially but i said gary precious and boucher coming off the bench Start. I said start Thad. And now in retrospect, it was Coloco maybe, but whatever. Otto Porter Jr., whoever you want, balance the balance the roster. It's like we look at this team, and yeah, they are shallow and top heavy. But that's only because Nurse keeps jamming these lineups down our throat. Like for two years straight now, the Barnes, Siakam, OG, Freddie, Gary lineup is not a plus lineup, right? Like mm-hmm. it's it's just not it's a high scoring lineup but it's not a plus one and so like precious makes i was just thinking about i'm sure people are going to say like let's trade og now we have precious but can you imagine like precious and og like just deployed on on, like a full full full-time basis i just and yeah man (laughs) it's just very frustrating and and i'm starting to say trade nurse i i feel like we should resign everybody and just trade nurse i'm Wow, you're there, eh? Keon, no, are you there? I'm not there. I'm not there. I like Gary in the starting lineup a lot. And mm-hmm. I think he fits just too well with the starters. I think, I mean, I'm that's if he comes off the bench, it's not saying he can't close a game. He can't still play 25 minutes. I get all that. But you could say that about any player. And Gary Trent, I think he just works well with Pascal. He's just a floor spacer that you need because he's by far, not by far, but he's, probably the best three-point shooter out there on the court who gives you the most spacing. And I feel like he needs to always not, like, be out there with Pascal because, like, when Pascal or Scotty, because when they're in the post and they're working, just having a guy like Gary Trent who can spot up for three and create his own shot I think is important. I don't think you trade a guy like that. And I, I like the way he's been playing all, like, ever since he got back into the starting lineup. Yeah, uh, Aiden's not gonna want to hear this, but <laughs> I think I, I think what I would do if I ran the Raptors is trade OG, uh, mostly because he has the most value, like more than anything. Uh, I just think like, he has he has dramatically more value than Fred or, or 
Gary do, and then that allows you to start Precious, and you figure out the Fred Gary backcourt at a certain point. Like I don't think that's a championship team or anything. Like I, I feel like basically one of those guys in the backcourt ultimately has to come off the bench it for like a real primary guard if you're gonna win that. But yeah, I would. I think OG just has the most value to in the future get that primary guy, whether it's Kevin Durant or, or a guard. And you can start Precious in that situation. It just makes a lot of sense to me. I don't, I don't know. I just, hate to say just, it, but. Just for the record, if before everybody gets all excited about Oren's hot take here, I think if we go back, and someone's got to do this, review every wrap-up Oren's been on and chart – the success failures of players and who at the time Oren wants to trade. I think you can find a lot of corollaries. Like this is recency bias written all over it. Like five weeks ago, OG was defensive player of the year candidate. Like it, it's, sure, sure. it's, I understand that he can, he can acquire the most value, but what that, mo- that value is, is still undefined. Like we're hearing three firsts. That that's not good. That might not be very good. Like I don't know about you. I'm not stoked about Zaire Williams and three firsts from Memphis. Like I'm not. No, me either. I want I want some young players more than I want first. There is there is a threshold in which I will agree. Like I think if if we got two of Herb Jones, Daniels, Trey Murphy, and picks, then yeah, okay, fine. But I just don't think that. I don't think we can forget about the player OG has been and will continue to become just because he's had like, you know, a poor offensive showing the last little while. Players right, can I just want to ex- too, like like what though? Like for OG, what would he change into? Well, I mean, he needs to figure out how to dribble the ball. That would be a yeah, good like, start. For me totally to exp- I just want to explain myself first. Quick like what I mean by most value is just that most the more teams want OG than any of, of the other guys, it seems like. And therefore, you can get a bidding war going, and it just feels like they could really have some leverage if they wanted to get a bidding war with OG. And the real reason is I would be more afraid trading Gary or, or Van Vliet than OG in terms of, like, the next few years. Like... I think this is who OG is. And yes, that's a defensive player of the year candidate. And like, that's not light. But at the same time, like the fit has never been perfect with Pascal and and this group. And I just don't see OG like really improving that dramatically to the extent like Gary is really improving pretty quickly. Fred obviously is an older player, but even Fred is improving different areas of his game. And if it ever really clicks in terms of the driving and the three point shooting and the defense, like Fred's just not the type of guy I want to give up on, I guess. I guess. So what I'm saying is OG is the guy who I'm most out on, like him getting dramatically better in the future. Who's who's the first guy? Yeah. that And that's fair. And again, like I'm not saying don't trade him at, no matter what but the thing is is that og has like at least has eight more years and and freddie might have three four i don't know could that's we, we don't really know but we don't know who yet. is the first guy getting attacked in the first round of the of a playoff series possession after possession in the half court gary gary yeah. it's gary he's yeah. gonna just get like and this is what we forget right like 
yeah, we want like we want shooters, we want guys who can play make whatever. But when it is playoff time, you need guys like OG on the floor with you. You need guys that can that can defend their asses off and aren't vulnerable and can make big shots and make plays in a playoff setting. And OG's demonstrated that he can do that. Gary hasn't. And I'm not saying that Gary won't get better and he isn't good, but I just I think like he's a he right now he's a regular season dude. And we've seen simulcrums of him with other teams that get frigged up in the playoffs. So I like that's kind of where I stand with OG. That's fair. Um, Keon, do you have any takes on this? And you can read my article about OG that just got published on Raptors Republic today. It's free for everybody. There's no paywall today. Let's plug. Um, I'm I'm more on Oren's side where I want Precious to start as much as possible because there's no one else coming at center. Like I think today was a little microcosm of it as a whole that there's no help coming at center and you need to develop from yourself. Uh, Miles Turner just signed an extension. He's been linked to Toronto for who knows how long he's been linked to every team for who knows how long. Um, And precious has just been so good since he's come back. And last year too, uh, in the second half, that I just want to see him in the lineup as much as possible and playing as many minutes as possible. And if you look at who the Raptors can possibly trade, I just – I don't see a world where OG's value is any higher than I, what it is right now. And I know we don't know what it is exactly, but I just – I don't see a world where his value next season is higher than it is right now. And yeah. if you can capitalize on that, I feel like you should. And I agree with you – I. Three picks in Zaire Williams doesn't move me. That's not what I want. Mm-hmm. The, the Pelicans offer is way more enticing or any other young player from maybe uh, Sacramento or New York or anywhere. But I feel like he'd be the most enticing because just, this, is, this, is, this is the peak of his value for me. I don't think he's going to ever command this much. That's where I'm at too, and he's about to get paid. That's the other side of it. Like Gary is too, but... Yeah, like OG will just has so much more value than Gary and and OG is about to get a different type of payday once his contract expires. And you have to think now, do you want to be the team that pays OG 30, 35 million a year? Um, Because if if you don't, then you don't want to wait till next offseason to trade him because his value is just going to be so much lower. So it's all fair what you said about Gary not being a playoff guy, but it's just like the value right of those two players is so different. I'm not. There's no angle here, but who who would you rather have on 30 million, Jordan Poole or OG Ananobi? Ananobi. I don't. Well, what's the relevance here, though? That's a different team. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, needs. like you. What's that? Like they have different needs. I'm saying the Warriors, so it's just a different. I, I guess I'm just asking in a vacuum. Like I think I'm just saying that 30 million isn't that unreasonable for a guy like OG. If you're if you're like if you're saying if you're comping him to Jordan Poole at some level, but no, but I do think that's kind of what I'm trying to say, which is like different teams have different needs, and yeah, OG for 30 mil is not like a bad contract, but it's just like how do you if you if you are paying him that much, where is your creation coming from? Where is your guard play coming from? You know, it's like all these things you have to figure out, and I just for the Raptors specifically. Like they, they just, I don't know if they can tie up that much money into him without solving these other issues first. Yeah. 
That's fair enough. And this all might be moot too, because if OG does actually not want to be here, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, but that's true too. But I think when you have a guy um, like Scotty, you want to surround him with guys like past uh, OG. Yeah, every team needs an OG. That's the thing. Um, it's tough. Anyways, can we do wrap up and get out of here? I mean, tax man and get out of here. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Who do you guys want to give it to? Keon, you can uh, take it home. Uh, I'm I'm giving it to Precious tonight. You. Wow, Keon, <laughs> Keon hates Fred. Everybody, just so we know. I mean, he's yeah, a like, close second, but like you said, this was his best game of his career. How am I going to give it to anyone else? But Precious, twenty-seven. No, for sure. Twenty-seven, thirteen rebounds. He uh, there was a stat I saw that he had a double double in the first half, and he became the only Raptor besides Siakam to do that. Really? This year, That's pretty good. No, I think. I don't know. Let me check. Let me check real quick. You guys talk. I start a, a point here. Do I... Oh. Oh, yes it no? is this season. It is this season. Yeah. 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 That's I was about to say. Um, final, final question for the night. Andrew C- Seto asks, and I'll ask both of you, tank or compete? Go. Precious. You go first. Wait, canamtax.com. Um, guys, we got to do the ad reads. Uh, oh. Tax season is coming up. Go to canamtax.com or call the number at the top of your screen because, yeah, I think taxes are due March 1st and they will do them for you for a small price and they, they'll get you lots of money back. So, Definitely recommend canmtax.com to all our, no our listeners. All right. Aiden, come on. All right. Uh, tank. You can put the comment up again. Tank or compete. Tank or compete. Um, so for me, I was even thinking about this during the game for some reason. And like, I'm at a point where like, I don't really care about lottery placement that much because I just don't see it changing that much. They're going to be somewhere between the sixth and the 10th, you know, range. So yeah, I want them to like compete in the sense of like, you're not going to sit anyone. You're not going to win games. So we already talked about the trade angle of this, which I really think is all what it is. Like there's no sitting guys. So it all comes down to, do you want to trade guys in order to tank? And like I said, I would, I would lean towards trading one of the starters. From a fan perspective, I think like if I'm just speaking solely off what is probably best for the Raptors, in their current situation. Yeah, obviously tanking, but that's easier said than done. Um, the part of me who posts highlights a few times a week for every Raptors game and watches the highlights and then gets on the wrap-up doesn't want to watch a team tank and purposely lose games, you know? And I know that's the same for everyone across Raptors Republic. They don't want to watch this team purposely lose games because we haven't had to do that since who knows how long. Um, so I think it, it, it all depends what happens at the trade deadline. We're going to see the direction they want to go to, but I think you got to keep trying to compete and, and developing some of these guys. Aiden. 
Compete, baby. I mean, just tanking's dumb. <laughs> tanking's dumb. Yeah. There's just no guarantees. Yeah, I mean, there... It's just bad. It's just bad for business. Like, yeah. If you want to trade, also... if you want to trade away everybody, yeah. go for it. Exactly. That's fine. But like there... just shutting guys down and shit. That's I. I'm not here for. Yeah. It. I'm not either. There's very rare situations where that is appropriate such as being in tampa bay but this season is not one of those situations yeah yeah all right i think that's great guys can we get out of here do you guys have any last words man i can't go to bed now i'm all riled up about trading og i gotta go to bed i got a rr raptors republic three on three tournament tomorrow morning 9 a.m for some reason yeah these guys scheduled at 9 a.m i haven't woken up that early So who's on your team? I got my boy Melville, my boy Jonah, and my boy Ezra, and we're there to wreck some havoc. Let me tell you, today I played. You're lucky I don't live in Canada. I am. I want. It sounds like a lot of Jews on your team. I'm. I. (laughs) Sounds like one half in trouble. Only one half Jew on the team, but uh, I. I played shinny tonight and i treated it myself after like a nba player on a back-to-back like i iced myself i stretched uh i put my legs up watching the game like i really i'm trying to be ready for tomorrow so oh boy. Anyway, that's some photos. i want to see what's going down all right yeah there'll be photos so that's it for us thanks again for watching uh the wrap up live if you're listening to the podcast feed thanks for listening give us five star review like the video on youtube Comment, subscribe all that good stuff and we'll be back on monday night after the raptors play the phoenix suns thankfully it's an hour earlier it's at 9 p.m eastern time so we'll be back then thanks again and good night